Mick Miller joins us, sports anchor reporter, Fox 31 in Denver. Where we're watching a team now, man. I, they're complete. They got that roster healthy, and we're seeing what the expectations that had been over the last couple of years when it was just Jokic dragging that team by himself and being exhausted by the second round of the playoffs. Now we're seeing it all come together here. I can imagine the expectations are NBA title in Denver, like a lot of people are starting to think outside too, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the last two years have been cool to watch Nikola Jokic win back-to-back MVPs, and obviously the big storyline coming out of Denver this past week was, oh, finally Joel Embiid gets his MVP, to which everybody here in Denver was like, cool, doesn't mean a thing without a ring. Right now, you got a Denver Nuggets team who is finally healthy, like you said. you got a Jamal Murray who's playing like he did in the bubble. you got a guy like Michael Porter Jr., who coming out of high school was the number one overall recruit. He's playing well. Aaron Gordon's finally in a position where he can be successful, and you got a team that in the Western Conference, you got guys who want to talk about the Suns all the time, or how about the Warriors and LeBron James and the Nuggets quietly have just flown under the radar, which they enjoy, and now they have a 2-0 lead, hopefully taking a 3-0 lead uh, tomorrow night in Phoenix. What have been your thoughts, you know, what are your thoughts, I should say, on Chris Paul, you know, missing the next couple games here, because a couple weeks ago I was ragging on Chris Paul, saying he looked like he was finished, but still, like, the minutes without him on the floor for the Suns haven't been great. How big of a loss do you think that is for Phoenix here the next couple games? I mean, this isn't shocking, right, guys? Like, the last couple playoffs, Chris Paul, he always has some sort of injury when we get to the playoffs. I think it's a big deal because I think he does facilitate an offense, and I don't think DeAndre Ayton scores any points without Chris Paul in that high pick and roll. Now you got a guy like Campaign who hasn't played at all really this playoff series. Now he gets inserted into the offensive lineup, and he's not going to be able to put Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, and DeAndre Ayton, and all the rest of the guys in a position where they can be successful. The Suns only had four bench points in the last game against Nuggets in game two. The bench for the Suns is absolutely putrid, so I think it does make an impact, but at the same time it's something that a lot of people in the NBA world have expected because Chris Paul gets to the playoffs and it seems that his body always, year in, year out, gives out on him. So who do you think poses the most difficulty for Denver in the next round? I think it's the Golden State Warriors. I think they have an ability to shoot the basketball, and I don't think the Denver Nuggets are equipped to stop a Stephen Curry, to stop a Klay Thompson. If Jordan Poole's not pulling up from 30 and actually playing good basketball, it's hard to guard him as well. With the Los Angeles Lakers, I mean, I think Nikola Jokic, Aaron Gordon, I think their front court can match what the Lakers are able to do. The Lakers want to slow down pace, and I think Denver can play either way. The Golden State Warriors would be a team that would – you know, concern me a little bit because they did get a gentleman sweep in last year's playoffs and they have experience and the Denver Nuggets are looking to build experience. So if I'm looking at the Lakers and the Warriors, I'm wanting to face the Lakers because I think they're a better matchup. Whereas the Warriors, I mean, Stephen Curry can just wake up and score 50 if he wants to. So we're looking ahead because that's what we do when it comes to anything in the futures market, obviously, and trying to figure out whether there could be anybody other than Nikola Jokic if the Nuggets were to win the title. Anybody other than Jokic that wins finals MVP or, as people forget, there's now a Western Conference uh, MVP as well. I, I see a Jamal Murray at 25-1. to 1. Now, I know, I know it was a really bad start to this series for him, but is there any chance that Jamal Murray could win either a Western Conference MVP or a finals MVP over Jokic? Well, that's hard because for Jamal Murray to be successful, Nikola Jokic has to be successful. And on a night where Jamal Murray's scoring 40, Nikola Jokic is going for 20, 15, and 11. 
So I, there is a chance where Jamal Murray, he'd have to average, I think he'd have to average around 35 points per game and probably around six or seven assists. But I don't think he gets the assist total because Nikola Jokic has the ball in his hands so much. So I think if there's anybody on that roster that could win an NBA Finals MVP other than Nikola Jokic, it would be Jamal Murray. But you always have to just watch and see that high pick and roll that him and Jokic have. Basically, it's money every single time they run it. Jamal Murray, so much of his success is predicated on Nikola Jokic and his ability to get him the basketball, get him in the spot. So, I mean, I would probably – I I mean, Nikola Jokic, I, when you're talking about most valuable player to a team, I don't think there's anybody more valuable than Nikola mm-hmm. Jokic. So it would be very hard for me to put money on Jamal Murray winning that award. I know we're going to ask you about the Broncos, but I actually wanted to ask you about uh, Colorado football before we could get to that, just with what's going on with Deion Sanders. We're right after the spring game. He's cutting players. Guys are leaving. Guys are quitting. Uh, how do you think that all plays out, man? I didn't have, I didn't love the hire as much as everybody else. I just kind of think of it, I think it's going to be a disaster, but what are your thoughts? You're closer to the situation, obviously, than me. Well, you know what? It's a disaster. Going 1-11. and 11. That's a disaster. After getting outscored 500 to 100 in a season. That's a freaking disaster. What Coach Prime has done is essentially he's come into Boulder, and for anybody that has any criticisms of Deion Sanders, just watch the tape last year. Nobody went to Boulder. Nobody cared about CU football. So having Coach Prime be here in Boulder has inserted an energy. I mean, just look at the spring game. 47,000 people came to a glorified scrimmage and by the way it was 20 degrees outside and snowing so I know we haven't played a game yet I know there's a lot of roster turnover they're doing a lot of recruiting they're going through the transfer portal I love the hire of coach prime because Carl Durrell did absolutely nothing with this program last year in the last couple of years you're in a market here in Denver where the Broncos run everything the Nuggets have been good the Colorado Avalanche are coming off a Stanley Cup championship so you have been irrelevant here in the state of Colorado you bring coach prime in and that's already going to bring in a ton of recruits I'm cautiously optimistic that this year will be so much better than last year I know Oregon's going to be good Utah's going to be good obviously USC's always a contender in the conference but I love what coach prime has done so far and if you're out there you can see everybody's super excited about watching Buffalo football which is something that you cannot say last couple seasons would you go over on the win total how how many wins year one and how long does it take them to turn that thing around uh what's the what's the over under for wins five and a half five and a half uh, I would take the over. I would take six in a, in, in a bowl game because you still are playing in a Pac-12 conference, which aside from really the Oregon, Utah, and USC's of the world, I think he's able to bring in. I mean, we have saw he's brought in so many four- or five-star guys. They have the number one recruiting class in the transfer portals of transfers. So I think they'll take around six wins, and I think this is going to move quickly. You got a guy like Travis Hunter, who's probably one of the most explosive guys in college football. Shador Sanders, his son, has made a lot of progression, and he's actually worked working out with Tom Brady this offseason. So I think they went around six or seven in there in the bowl game, and then he's got a full offseason to recruit. I think this is a quick turnover, especially with USC and UCLA heading over to the Big Ten. I'm curious, though. You didn't you didn't really give or touch, touch on this as much, but I feel like us on the East Coast are just a little stunned at what's going on with the Colorado football program in terms of how many players he's basically pushed out, I think, Uh, as clearing room for like 70 players. I think there's now like down to 60 scholarship athletes. Huge risk. I know that this has been written about a lot. Like, 
just kind of if you have some context into what this strategy is besides just like a full-on rebuild is it aggressive to push out as many players as, as coach prime did yeah, but again, I'll go back to the fact that they were 1-11 yes, last year and the roster was absolutely putrid. So everybody's freaking out about all these players leaving. And I'm like, okay, players from a 1-11 football team are leaving and you guys are freaking out for what reason? Yes, this is unprecedented. When you're talking about Coach Prime, did he do anything that was precedented? We're talking about a guy who's the only man to ever play in a Super Bowl and a World Series. We're talking about the only man to ever hit a home run and score a touchdown in the same week. Coach Prime does what he wants to do, and he's not going to do it a conventional way. Now with the transfer portal, I mean, you basically can, it's just free agency. And we've seen programs, I think Ole Miss lost around 32 scholarship players this offseason so this is something that's slowly been in the works in college football coach prime just has the audacity to go out and do it on such a larger scale and listen if we're losing players that could only win one game in a season and he's going to bring in his own guys i'm more confident in the guys that coach prime will bring in than the last couple of seasons of the, of the product that we've seen there on, on the field Talking to Mick Miller here, BetMGM tonight. Uh, the Denver Broncos had a very splashy offseason. Nothing bigger, obviously, than hiring Sean Payton, which I think was an absolutely great hire. I'm not one of those people that's completely out on Russell Wilson yet, but it's hard to like have confidence in him after what we saw last year. Then again, they had a head coach that shouldn't have been a head coach, and they had absolutely no idea how to call plays in the red zone. Uh, just You added Sean Payton, then they address offensive line needs. Then you have the draft. What are the, the early expectations now after you've kind of seen this come together for this Broncos team? I think they're a playoff team next year, even in a really, really tough AFC. Yeah, I mean, obviously the expectation is to go to the playoffs because the last scene, last time that they were in the postseason was Super Bowl 50 when they won it all. You bring in a guy like Sean Payton, who many consider to be one of the greatest offensive minds of his generation. And if you pair him with a Russell Wilson, there's so much pressure on him this season to perform because for the first 10 years of his career, we were like, yeah, sure, first ballot Hall of Famer. And then all of a sudden you place him with a rookie head coach and he looks like a rookie himself. So you got Sean Payton, who's a great offensive mind. Obviously, like you said, they had addressed the offensive line issues. Jerry Judy had a great final six games of the season and proved to be potentially a number one receiver in that room. You get Tim Patrick back from injury. Obviously, we're still monitoring Javante Williams, whether he will be healthy and ready to go by the start of the season. But I look at a franchise in the Denver Broncos, look, you're playing in the Chiefs division, so you have to not only contend with them, you have to contend with the Chargers. I'm not really worried about the Raiders at all. So you got two franchises that I think are already on top of you. You got so many expectations coming into this season. I don't think it's as high as last year, but you get bringing a guy like Sean Payton, the expectation of this fan base, especially here in Denver, where you got teams like the Nuggets competing for championships. You got the Avs who are winning a championship. The expectation for this team is not only to get to the playoffs, but show that you can compete in an AFC that's got you know, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, now Lamar Jackson's locked in with the Baltimore Ravens and obviously Joe Burrow. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Just with Russ's contract and, you know, just kind of like what he's done in this league, Sean Payton takes over. If he just doesn't look right, do you think, you know, it's kind of like, with, with, I mean, they're pretty much attached to him, but could you see him getting benched or maybe them moving on from him after a year? Just because we know Sean's going to want to win. And I think Russell Wilson's still got some good football, but there were some bad moments early mm. on in the season. A lot of that probably had to do with Nathaniel Hackett, though, as well. 
Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I don't expect him to be as bad as he was last season, but for the sake of argument, let's say he is that bad or worse. I do see a scenario in which Sean Payton walks up to George Payton's office and is like, we got to figure out a way to either get a young guy on a cheap contract and get Russ yeah. out of here because it is a tough contract to get out of next season. But it's a guy in Sean Payton who – is not very patient. I mean, we haven't really seen anything. It's been a dark, it's been a blackout basically out at Dove Valley. We haven't been able to see anything because Sean Payton's trying to turn around the culture. So I think this is a scenario where Russell Wilson, he's got a lot of pressure going into this season because Sean Payton's one of those guys where he can go up against Russell Wilson. One of my criticisms of Nathaniel Hackett last season, it seemed like he wanted to be Russell Wilson's buddy so much of the time. You're not going to have that problem with Sean Payton. He runs the show here in Denver. Obviously, if you look Look at Russ's social media this time last year, and right now he was out there promoting so much stuff. Right now he's been extremely quiet because Sean Payton is running the show here in Denver, and it's been very radio silent social media-wise. So I think there's a lot of pressure on him. I think he is going to have a comeback season, but in the case that he doesn't, I think there's a scenario where Sean Payton looks elsewhere. So there's no more Subway commercials like, shh, it's spicy. Yeah, no more Let's Ride. Broncos country, that's done. That's, uh, that's good. <laughs> As it should be. Eight and a half wins over or under for the, for the Broncos. Oh, man, that's such a great line, and that's why Vegas yeah. is elite at what they do, right? I, I'm, thinking maybe, I'm thinking maybe nine, and they're right on the verge of getting into the playoffs. So I would go over, just I think they get nine wins. But if you're looking at the AFC and just quickly, I mean, you look at the AFC North, I think you can punch in Cincinnati. I think you can punch in Baltimore to the playoffs. Out of the AFC West, you can punch in Kansas City and the Chargers. And then you got one team that's got to come out of the AFC South. And then you got the Bills, Dolphins, Jets. And right there, we've already run out of teams going to the playoffs. So I'm going to go over with nine, and it's going to be really close. It might be that final game of the season that determines whether the Broncos are back in the playoffs. Mick Miller, Fox 31 in Denver. Good talking to you, man. It's great to see you doing big things. Good stuff. Good to see you, man. Appreciate yeah. it.